Hi, everyone. I'm Craig Pierner. I lead the advisory board's talent development team, and I'm your host for this radio advisory mini-series on leadership, where we engage in leadership education and dialogue. Today, we continue our discussions on COVID-19 and some of the leadership attitudes and behaviors most critical right now. Today's topic, teamwork. Healthcare is a team sport. Often we'll speak with healthcare institutions about their greatest failures and their greatest successes, cited as a driving factor in both teamwork. Indeed, teamwork is critical to almost everything a health system wants to achieve. Study after study tells us that when teamwork is better, clinical outcomes are better, patient satisfaction is better, staff engagement and retention are better. As ever-present as teamwork is in healthcare, it's also back in focus. Right now, leaders are confronting issues like, what does teamwork look like in an ICU experiencing a surge of COVID patients? How does telework affect team dynamics? How's a team affected when some of its members are furloughed? And what does the general personal and organizational stress present in these uncertain times mean for leaders responsible for clinical and administrative teams? I'm joined today by Susan Pastor, an advisory board leadership development expert. She certainly knows something about leading teams in crisis. Prior to joining Advisory Board Talent Development, Susan spent over 30 years in hospital nursing, occupying roles from the front line to chief nursing officer. Hi, Susan. Great to have you on the program. Good morning, Craig. It's great to be here. So, Susan, we're here to talk about teamwork today, and I'm really glad to get your perspective on that subject, especially in these challenging times. Yeah, well, thanks, Craig. You know, I can't claim to have all the answers, but I, uh, I've, I certainly can speak to my experiences working on and leading teams through crisis. Well, that actually brings me to my first question. One reason I am especially interested in your perspective on leading teams has to do with your experience, specifically your experience leading in times of crisis. So can you tell me about a specific team in crisis leadership experience that stands out to you? Wow, absolutely. One experience that immediately comes to my mind is when I was chief nursing officer at Memorial Hermann Children's Hospital. On the evening of June 9th, 20, uh, 2001, I was the administrator on call, and that is when Tropical Storm Allison dumped about 35 inches of rain, which ended up uh, causing a historic thousand-year flood. And we had all of our four patient care pavilions flooded with water. And we had generators initially, but then those also were submerged. And so that evening, our hospital was immersed in darkness with no electricity, water, air conditioning, or sewer. Wow. So tell me, you're the administrator on call. What'd you do? Over the next 48 hours, we evacuated over 600 adult and pediatric patients to approximately 26 hospitals in Houston and Dallas. Um, And as we transferred those patients out, we took our nursing resources and our physician resources, and we deployed them to the, the facilities that had patient care needs. We even actually opened a pediatric unit in one of our community hospitals to take care of our youngest patients. It sounds like a pretty efficient set of actions was taken here. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, even more impressive is that no patient was harmed during this event and no healthcare team member was injured, which is really a testament to the team and their amazing commitment in their work to make this happen. Susan, what an absolute success story. And as you just referenced, incredible teamwork as well. So drawing on your experience, both here and in other instances where you've led teams through crises, what advice would you give to the leader of a team experiencing a crisis? First and foremost, it's really trust. As a leader during a crisis, you can't control all the activities that occur. And I found micromanaging is is futile, you know, so in the moment, you've got to determine what you need to do, what you can delegate or defer to later, or what you can eliminate and and really give your uh, team permission to do this as well. Lots to unpack there. Your mind went first to trust. So why is trust so important? Well, trust is, for me, the driving factor in a crisis response. It really enables your team to do the things that you need them to do in the moment. So how did trust play out during those floods you mentioned at Memorial Hermann? For us, time was critical. The challenge was to quickly divide the work, give team members roles, and begin to evacuate the patients from the building. We had to trust each other. There was really no time to doubt or mistrust. You know, uh, many coworkers stepped up to the challenge and, and assumed a variety of roles. In fact, one of our leaders took the role of becoming the air traffic controller in the driveway with all of the helicopters that were coming in to take the patients to various hospitals. Now, you said that there was no time, no space to doubt or mistrust. And I'm wondering... What happens if that trust isn't easily found? Is it ever dangerous to place too much trust in your team in a time of crisis? You know, I would say that you should trust your colleagues first. Trust your team until they do something to deliberately betray your trust or demonstrate to you that you can't trust them. In my experience, I found that that really works in times of crisis. Okay, so in your mind, trust is clearly number one. What else is important to foster teamwork in times of crisis? Well, certainly communication. I think communicating early and often with your team during a crisis is key. And if you don't do that, what happens is teams will fill in the gaps with misinformation. And really, that'll cause them a lot of stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So let's pause with communication on the idea of timely Are you saying that leaders should be transparent and share the information they do know, even if the message is incomplete? Well, obviously, you know, use good judgment. But in general, yes. Timely communication brings a team together. The more leaders wait for that perfect time to communicate, especially in a crisis, you have a risk that misinformation creeps in and your team becomes very anxious with that. Saying, I don't know in that situation is much more effective than waiting for that perfect time to communicate. It really builds the team's trust in you as a leader as well. Okay. So beyond timeliness, what are some other considerations you think leaders should keep in mind when they're communicating with teams in crisis? Listening is important too, Craig. 
As you prioritize and you share the updates as you have them, you need to spend time to listening to your team. Um, You know, lead from where the team's at, support the team and act on the ideas and the suggestions that they have as well. So on this idea of listening, the flood in Houston has been at the center of our conversation so far, but I know you've led through other crises too. And I'm curious, across those various crises, have you heard similar things as you've listened to your teams in those circumstances? You know, no. I found that healthcare team members have unique experiences of disasters, and they have really different needs for support. Hmm. Being present to talk with your team and listen to them in these situations is incredibly effective, and it shows your support. Yeah, demonstration of support. Uh, I would think that that has to be part of uh, leading a team in crisis as well. Uh, What else does that involve beyond just listening? Once you listen, you can use that information and empower your team. Say thank you for the good work they're doing, recognize members that have gone above and beyond, and really cite specific contributions. On this idea of recognition, a time of crisis hardly seems like a time to launch a new recognition initiative, as it were. So based on your experiences, what strategies work to be intentional about recognition in a crisis while also dealing with the pressures of a crisis? Well, you know, going back to my experience with the flood, every morning our leaders would gather for an update and someone would do a reflection or share a story of how one of our team members was making a difference. And the story would inspire us, provide us strength to continue to move forward as as this time was unlike any other. What we found is lots of work occurs by many people and often goes unrecognized. So, you know, we wanted to make those heroes feel recognized. Another way to empower them is to allow them to take on new, innovative, and stretch roles. Hmm. I didn't expect that last one, stretch roles. So often, stretch role is a euphemism for more work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Craig. What I mean by that is notice and appreciate your team's strength. And as you do this, you can see how those strengths can play out and uh, help folks in new roles and new opportunities in the organization. In times of crisis, we found new roles emerged for team members. Well, Susan, that makes more sense. Uh, And I keep hearing, indeed, from leaders how quickly things are changing during COVID-19. New tasks, new things to do every day. Yes, and that leads to another key in teamwork, which is flexibility. you got to be poised for flexibility during crisis because conditions change minute by minute. This is really interesting because disasters are something for which organizations prepare, for which they have protocols. And as important as those are, it seems like leaders must also be ready to handle the paradox of running the plan while also being flexible. Well, I agree. Most organizations do have disaster plans, but oftentimes those disasters don't really happen according to the plan. Crisis situations give you new opportunities to innovate. And so being open to the lessons learned um, and taking advantage of the new normal that you find in crisis is, is really key because sometimes, you know, how you've always done it, you find doesn't work. 
You know, Susan, I think that really encapsulates what so many organizations are feeling right now. A leader told me a couple of weeks ago, our crisis playbook for COVID lasted about three days, and now we make it up every day. <laughs> and I don't think that leader literally meant make it up, but rather meant smartly flex. Now going back to the, the flood in Texas, tell me about a time in that circumstance where your team flexed in a way that surprised you and that demonstrated real teamwork. We quickly realized that we had needs all over the city for uh, patients to be taken care of. And so as we deployed physicians and nurses, we realized that not only were our patients very affected by this circumstance at our hospital, but our, our team members lost, some of them lost their homes. Um, they were very personally affected. And so we had team members struggling to get to care sites to really perform their role. And so as the team discussed it, you know, they were empowered to kind of come up with a solution on their own. And what they said is, you know, hey, I can stay a little bit later. I can get home later if that will help you to come in a little bit later after you get your you know, child off to school or, or do whatever. And what that did is it decreased a lot of the stress for our nurses. Good example, Susan. It sounds like your team was able to do a lot more uh, on their own um, with that idea of flexibility in mind. Yeah, and empowerment for sure. Okay. So speaking of these things, let's pause for a moment. I've been taking some notes while you talk, and it seems like you've outlined four key attributes of leading a team in crisis. One, trust. Two, communication with an emphasis on listening. Three, empowerment. And four, flexibility. Do I have that right? Yes. Without any one of those, you know, things can crumble quickly. So they do work in tandem with each other then. It's not just aim for, you know, what you can get, but it's all for working together. Yes. Okay. So Susan, now, if you don't mind, let's be a little more personal. So far, we focused on the leader and her team, but what about the leader herself? Well, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, often healthcare leaders, we're just, we're not good at taking care of ourselves. And, and frankly, especially, you know, those in nursing, we, we focus so much on taking care of others that, that we really forget about ourselves. As a leader, what I found is your team is really watching you during a crisis. They take their cues from you as you set the tone. So as you role model that self-care, you send them the message that it's okay and, and they should do it as well. They take their cues from you. Well, that certainly makes sense. And it aligns well with what we've discussed in some of our previous episodes of Radio Advisory on Leadership in Relation to Stress. So Susan, how did you take care of yourself through and after the various crises through which you've led? Well, we are all in this together was my motto, and it sure kept my spirits up. I took advantage of talking to my colleagues who could really listen and provide perspective to me during the crisis. That was really helpful, that team aspect as an executive. Mm -hmm. 
The other aspect I think that was really helpful was taking a brief time for myself amid the chaos. As a leader, I felt a passion for being there days, nights, weekends, and just literally stepping away, going home, getting a good night's rest Mm -hmm. enabled me to come back and be my best self. Well, that also makes sense. Uh, Leaders must take time to seek support uh, both in uh, and outside of the workplace. Well, definitely, for sure. You know, my husband and our three Australian shepherds were my daily dose of stress (laughs) relief. Knowing I had that support at home allowed me to dedicate myself to my team and petting those dogs, no matter what hour of the day or night, just really always brought me back to calm. I grew up with an Australian shepherd, uh, so I can relate. And and pet therapy is a real thing, right? (laughs) Yes, 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 for sure. So Susan, let's shift our conversation again now. Um, I really appreciate your experience, particularly what you've shared about the flood. But the skeptic in me says the floods were a distinct event in time, certainly with lasting effects, but a distinct few days as an event. Whereas COVID, COVID seems endless, with continued uncertainty. And that seems to decrease the possibility that a team might simply rally and rise to the occasion, because the occasion, if you will, is just too long. So for the leaders that are struggling here, either because they didn't see the rally or because the rally is worn off, what would you advise? Well, great question and really a good call out because this certainly is a different crisis, a longer one for sure, for sure. And that relates to my advice that leaders need to start thinking long term. Times of great struggle, many leaders adopt that command and control approach and they pretend to have all the answers for the long term crisis. And really, that can be effective in short sprints. But in the long run, and this is the long run, it stifles that creativity and engagement and teamwork. What type of approach might be more successful in the long term? Well, at the risk of sounding familiar, lead with trust, over-communicate, listen, empower, and be flexible. You can't solve this crisis alone. You really now, more than ever, you need your team. Okay. Oh, so a final question for you, Susan. Cue the share here. <laughs> if you could turn back time uh, to when you were stepping into your first nursing executive role, what is something that you would need to hear relevant to leading a team through challenging times? I would tell myself, we're in this together, which is never more truer than now. You have support, and that support comes from all different directions in a crisis. It's okay to not have all the answers. Let your team help you. Well, Susan, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate the great advice that you've offered. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. June 6th, 1944. After a grueling five years of war, with no end in sight, five distinct regiments, two American, two British, and one Canadian, advanced on beaches in Normandy, France. It was D-Day. One week later, Dwight Eisenhower, then the Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Forces, communicated, You are a truly great Allied team. A team in which each part gains its greatest satisfaction in rendering maximum assistance to the entire body. 
and in which each individual member is justifiably confident in all others. Eisenhower's words so eloquently capture the essence of teamwork. In times of crisis, success rarely boils down to the actions of a single person, but rather the efforts of a full team. And we've gained insight in today into how leaders can foster great teamwork in crisis, trust, communication, empowerment, flexibility. Your leadership matters. We want to hear from you. What did today's episode stir up for you? Send us your questions and feedback. You can reach us at podcasts at advisory.com. That's podcasts with an S. And I hope that you'll join us for the next edition of our radio advisory mini-series on leadership. Our topic next time, vulnerability. Just sign up for the radio advisory podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Thanks for joining us today. We are wishing you and your team strength and success in the weeks to come.